and welcome to another edition of the Cuffcast podcast. Um, what, well, what a week. Um, Spurs, West Ham and two wins and two centre-halves later, all of a sudden things look a whole lot better on the red side of Merseyside. So to get into what is a fairly jam-packed agenda, I have Beryl Agus in the Netherlands. Beryl, how are we this evening? I'm a much better vein of form, I presume. Much better. I, I had my own personal slump, um, um, and and yeah, yeah I, I I got out of it, and and I I, I think part of that is is uh, I can thank uh, the Reds for. Totally. Um, I've also got uh, Neil Patterson in Berlin. Chief, it's 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 kind of like it's kind of like they're all the same. You know, at the minute, really, the only thing that's getting anybody out of bed in the morning is um, getting to watch the Reds play, and when they're shit. It makes it an awful lot harder to get out of bed. But more recently, I find myself getting up to switch the laptop on with a bit more of a spring in my step. Bouncing out of bed, are you? Wouldn't go that far, but I'm not, craw- <laughs> I'm not crawling out of bed any longer. <laughs> Aye, well, you know, it, it's generally like that anyway. You know, obviously, times are particularly tough at the moment for everyone, but... Um, in life in general, even when you've got the freedom to fucking do whatever you want, um, when the Reds aren't winning, life is generally shit. So, yeah, brilliant that we're, we're back uh, and we, we actually look back. And amazing that it seems we've, we've, we're addressing our, our issues as well, which we'll come on to talk about. So, generally, a whole things are a whole lot rosier looking than, than they were maybe 10 to 14 days ago. Yeah, and finally, I've got uh, Johnny Henderson making his non-European league debut uh, tonight. Johnny, uh, behave, behave yourself. It's hard. It's, <laughs> it's been it's been too long. It only annoys me because I miss you. I never even get to see you anymore. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, Johnny, I'm not worried too much about who you are. Let's just get stuck into it. So, um, um, yeah, it's it's a it's an an odd lineup, let's say, given how critical points are at the minute. Um, Origi's in, Shakiri's in, um, Milner starts again, which I think everybody thought was a bit mad. Um, you probably more so than, than anybody else. Um, but after the Spurs game, you're watching the first half, and yeah, it's nil nil, and there's not a lot of chances, but something just something just feels a little bit different. Yeah, a hundred percent it does. I think it was it was it's one of those days, wasn't it, where off the back of Spurs, everything was you know we we just looked like ourselves against Spurs, and then it almost felt a little bit like typical of this season. The, the news started coming through probably about twelve o'clock that you know you see the normal rumors on Twitter that Mane's not going to play, and Fabinho's still out, and the team gets announced and. Manny isn't playing, and you know it's it's there's Firmino's left out, so you're like, oh, because he was probably he was he was arguably our man of the match against Spurs. You see all the changes, um, and and you fear the worst. Like there's a little bit of you going, oh God, just as, typical of this season. Just as we've turned the corner, you know, we're, we're going to get these injuries are going to upset our rhythm or whatever. But no, I mean I said pre-pod that it was it was one of those games where. It felt different because unlike against Burnley, where we had a lot of the ball, I felt really good about the first half. There was just something about even, and it was something that Sunis mentioned 
uh, on Sky when he was talking about it after the game, when he was talking about the difference between Spurs against Brighton and 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 Liverpool, and and I knew what he was getting at, where he said the Spurs players were tentative and they were sort of you know rolling the ball slowly to people, and Liverpool were really zipping the ball, you know they were playing at a pace and they were zipping at each other, and the touch was good. Robertson, Trent out wide, everything was very, very quick, very assured, and we just looked on it. We absolutely looked on it, and I know in the first half we didn't create a huge amount. We were totally in control. We were moving them about the pitch. We had a couple of sniffs, didn't quite come off. Um, but then it just, you know, the second half just clicked. We made our change. You know, Curtis came on, just brought that little bit more drive, little bit of dribbling, opened things up straight away. And the goals, you know, I'm sure we're going to go on. You could do a show on the three. You could do a show on each of the three goals, but. The goals came. I was but, tempted. <laughs> but everything was there. You know, everything that we know about this team was there. You know, the fullbacks were looking creative. We just looked dominant. They never laid a glove on us. They were afraid of us. Henderson and Phillips done great. Um, everybody put, you know, I, I just felt the, the midfield in particular, I think Milner playing three games in a week, none of us would have thought we'd be, we'd be seeing that. You know, at this time of the season, but he he was superb. So, yeah, all in all, the, you know, the performance then that they went to put in. You're right, Dave. It was just there was it was just different. It felt different. It felt like we had our swagger back, and unlike Burnley, where we, we probably felt like the players, you know, that that frustration. I was watching it, and I was thinking, we are going to score here. We're going to open them up, and when the chances came, then we were lethal. So it was. It was a super performance with a with a team that wasn't the optimum team we could put out, um, obviously. But it was it was so impressive, and it was just you know I let the other guys start talking about the goals. You can come back to me, but the goals were just they were out of this world. It really was. It was a joy to watch, which is it's it's lovely. Uh, makes everything better when Liverpool play like that. Um, it was just fantastic. Yeah, fantastic, Beryl. Um... I think Johnny's right. There's maybe a bit of concern. Um, you're looking at, you know, you're looking at the back, the back four to start with, and um, you have Phillips and Henderson in there, and you know Phillips does well uh, the last game against West Ham, and I think he can probably sit back if he doesn't kick another ball this season. And there's, there's maybe fingers crossed, you know, a, a league title at the end of it. He can say, well, do you know what, six points. Six points against West Ham, and I played my part, and I, I played well, and I headed everything, and I kicked everything. And Jordan Henderson dropping into centre half, I thought was absolutely brilliant. And the the two of them, um, John, Jonathan Wilson actually were a really good piece in in the Guardian about Henderson's performance and his influence on the team. But um, it was notable that he he's the one who's he's the one who's next to Salah when he scores his second goal on the break and he's playing centre-half. But they gave us such a platform to work from um, and allowed that midfield to go about their business and ultimately, you know, we, we pretty much dominated them. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think uh, Jordan Henderson was was um, um, instrumental for a win against, uh, against Spurs, uh, as was Genie. But, uh, you know, other players were... Um, you know, uh, took the limelight and 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 scored goals, etc. But uh, you know, 
the foundation of your team is 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 the defense and not so much for defending but you know starting play and and making uh, making the midfield sure and making uh, the ones in front um you know it gave them the freedom to to do what they do best so um and and he was you know it's it's he's a midfielder he has been a midfielder all of his career and and um and he's a very intelligent player that's because and that's why he's chosen to do this and he has a bit of physicality but you know he he is a leader and uh, and we missed a leader in in virgil uh, at, at the same spot and uh, and yeah, i i think it's it's remarkable it's it's admirable how how well he performed uh, and 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 it's also admirable how well uh, nathan phillips uh, performed uh, this is a player who he, who was going to leave and and and, and no one would have uh, even noticed him um Particularly when he would have left, he, he played for Stuttgart last season, who were uh, in the second division of Germany, uh, German uh, German football. Um, so, and, and no one took him in. No, no one paid paid lots of money to, or or even you know, um, not lots of money, but just money for for him. Uh, so he, he he was undervalued, I think. Um, and and he is not the technically most gifted player. He's not the most um, he, he doesn't look like you know you have these footballers who look like dancers uh, and and you know Virgil van Dijk is is a is a good uh, example of that but uh, but you know he did what what he was supposed to do he won lots of headers against uh, Michael Antonio who's who, who's a, a big lad himself and uh, his, his passing was assured I, I didn't think he made uh, lots of mistakes in his passing he was also. Um, um, not scared to give give some 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 risky balls um, um, and uh, yeah I, I think he didn't stand out and and I, I was uh, arguing before that we should just play him and um, and not Henderson uh, in the back and now we have to play both of them uh, because you know we, we've lost not only our our defenders but also the, the, the midfielders that uh, that played in mid uh, in in defense um, but these two. Played like as if they were a, a, a central defensive partnership for years, and, um, and you know West Ham had had won more games uh, in a row than than we had, and uh, they were um, I think fourth um, or fifth, but you know they were there on merit. You have to just you know uh, accept that that they have some they have something going for them. And uh, I, you know, uh, uh, as much as I wouldn't want to give uh, David Moyes a, a compliment, uh, <laughs> he, he deserves one for their position. Um, but you know, we 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 beat them. You could even say um, easily, uh, and it was it was uh, like like Johnny said before, it was fun to watch, and and I really needed that. It it it, it had been. Not fun to watch to watch as, uh, for for a couple of games, and this was fun to watch, and 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 and, and also because we, we were secure at the back. So yeah, um, um, compliments to uh, both Jordan Henderson as uh, as Nathan Phillips. Yeah, absolutely. Um, two really good performances, um, and it's just a pity the clean sheet didn't come with it. Chief, it's. I think 
the, Johnny's right. Something has changed. Something's changed in the mentality. Um, and something's changed in the speed of play. But there are noticeable differences in in how we are potentially operating at the moment. Um, I've got some XC stats here now. Before the West Brom game, we were operating, you know, 2.24 goals a game, expected goals. Um, in the games from West Brom down to Burnley, the average was 1.4. Um, and then all of a sudden, Tottenham comes around and it's 2.59 and West Ham 2.06. So you're back at that average again. And it has just been like, and I said to you people, it's like, it's like the internet was running too slow and somebody's just decided I'm fed up with this. I'm just going to switch it off and switch it back on again. And all of a sudden it's working like a dream. But there's noticeable alterations. Um, Milner, Thiago playing probably higher up the pitch. Fullback's not necessarily getting forward as much. Like I honestly can't remember the last time I saw Robertson get to the byline. Um, and Statistically, less crosses going into the box, and it was noticeable as well. Trent's <clears throat> lots of inside passes, even when he's getting into the final third, even when he's getting beyond um, the line of the 18-yard box. It's it's inside passes, and we just look a lot more assured and confident in what we're doing. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, I think we'd look a lot sharper. Um, I don't really know why that is. I mean, you could say we've had a, okay. So we we, we talk we talk a lot about rhythm with Liverpool. This Liverpool team club talks a lot about it. We we questioned it. We talk about when we've gone away on uh, mid season breaks or we've had the extra week to to train or whatever that we we don't come back firing and it, it takes us a game or two to. To look like our normal selves. Is there is there something in saying that you know we had that in the you know we had that we uh, sort of over the last three weeks we've we've had a you know a, a bit of a gap between games and it hasn't really worked for us on the face of it. But now we look sharper, we look better, we look fitter, we look more more confident in, in what we're doing. We're taking fewer touches. We're putting fewer crosses in. Crosses often come from, in my opinion anyway, and I, I think it's borne out, when players are tired and, you know, tired mentally, they, they can't think of the next thing to do. We'll stick in the box. It's a percentage thing to do. It's, you know, get to the byline if you can and stick it in. If you can't, just stick it in from where you can. You know, drop your shoulder, put it in. And, you know, if you've got uh, Raul Jimenez in there, in there, then, you know, it's going to work for you. But when you've got the kind of forwards we've got, you know, chances are it, it's very rarely going to work for you. That's why we'd, you know, we'd uh, come up with any number of different ways to score goals, but very few of them were, were slinging it in and getting a header or something like that. Um, yet, you know, over the last four or five games pre-Spurs, we sort of had reverted to that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of Trent wasn't playing well and he was being singled out a lot because he was crossing a lot of balls in and he wasn't finding the target. I think there was some mad stat that like 30, like he had 20 crosses in one game or whatever and didn't find the target once. 
you know, and it was being highlighted. And as you rightly say, over the last couple of games, that's noticeably decreased. But it just seems that there, you know, while there are tactical differences, and, you know, we talked about making that extra runner, um, Thiago maybe playing a wee bit higher, Milner uh, being involved and bringing his energy and, and drive, which has added to things. Um, but I think just all around, they just look fresher. They just look re-energized, reinvigorated, and sort of, oh yeah, the, sorry, sorry about that. We're back. Don't know what happened there, but we're back. And that's um, that's very heartening because you know even after the good display against Spurs, part of you still thinks, well, you know, it's only Spurs, and you know we we beat them a few weeks ago, and. Uh, you know, the corner not necessarily turned, but then they go go put in that performance again last night against the West Ham team that was heavily talked up before the game. I think five wins in a row or four wins in a row, their highest Premier League position in, in God knows how long, and you know, so on and so on. Antonio in form, loved scoring against Liverpool, four goals and six against us, and so on. He, he didn't get a sniff. Well, he had one shot actually before we scored. And if it had stuck that away, things might have been different. But he didn't. And I think the reason he didn't, A, it was his, his only effort. So it's his first real real shot. And B, he's, he's try, trying to stick it right in the corner to beat Ali. And he, he sticks it wide. Uh, but apart from that, I don't think they had too many shots on target. You'd have to check the stats. But um, I think we, we've comprehensively outcreated and uh, outscored them and outplayed them in the end. So, yeah, it, it does look like we're back and it's it's heartening to see. So, yeah, some tactical tweaks, but also we look we look fresher, we look we look brighter, we look we look more energized. Yeah, 100%. Um Johnny, I think something I think was really apparent to me was the subs. The subs make a big difference. This was a staple of this team last year where Klopp would bring somebody on and they'd score or they'd make a goal and he just seemed to get his subs right almost every single time last year to the point where they would not just play well but they would contribute whether it be a goal or assist or create some space or that hockey assist or whatever the, whatever those people call it and for the first time in a long time that happened yesterday um, the first goal uh, comes from Jones. Um, he wins the ball, and the Milner thing is dead funny. And you know, um, it really did make me laugh. But Jones wins the ball, and what he can do, <laughs> yeah. what he can do, what he can do is he can actually commit men, and he finds those little pockets of space that you would almost expect security to do. But he finds those little pockets of space, and it's quick feet, and he can use both feet, and it's a simple pass, and he gets it back. And it's another simple pass into Salah. And Salah does what Salah does. And at that point, it was highlighted in match today, their shape is really good. But Jones just came in and just won the ball in that area and disrupted that. And the finish from from, from Salah, like, like where do we where do we start with him? You know? Uh, it's, it, it's, it's beautiful. But you're right. I mean, we, it's, it's been a while since we've had that where, where the players come off and you know, come off the bench and really influenced, and that you, you're dead right. That that was something that happened routinely. Um, 
last season. I think it was interesting as well that you know you could tell Milner because Milner was having a really good game. You know, I was a bit worried for Milner. Milner, I was thinking three games in a week. You know, we've seen him before when he's put in this situation where I remember was it the game at Brighton where he broke down his his his, his, his hamstring went or he just had an injury and. But he, but he was really good. He was really on it. He was sharp. He was getting about the pitch. You could tell he was frustrated to come off. Because um, obviously he felt like everyone watching it did that he was playing well. But but what I thought yeah, was I think you're right, Johnny. Because I think I think first half, most of what most of what we do well comes down that left hand side with him. Oh, a hundred percent. You know him, um, Robertson. There was a couple of times that, that you know where Rigi was going into that channel. Um, we definitely we we were looking good, but I think the, the 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 interesting thing for me was was the dynamic of the game as well because Suchek and Rice both both got booked. Um, Suchek put in a, a a tackle on um, I think it was Thiago and got booked, and him and Rice were on a booking. And I think the instruction, you know, Klopp was just thinking, and I think he said that to Milner, we just need to speed it up in there, we need to move it a bit quicker, and. He brought Jones on for that, and you could see that Jones' instructions were definitely, listen, they're tired, they're on yellow cards, be very direct. Literally, Jones was on the pitch. Um, His first 30 seconds involved in the game, um, he's running, he's running, and he he played the, you know, he got the ball back, and then he played in Salah. And I think it was, that, that was behind the thinking on that as well. His instructions were very clear on that, but the goal is just, I mean that's the that's the Salah that's the Salah that that's been a feature for the last four years. He's he's in the box. It's tight. He looks like he's got nowhere to go, and then all of a sudden he drops the shoulder, shimmies, the, the, he gets half a yard, and he just bends it. It's absolutely beautiful, and um, the game just changes then. And I mean, I'll be the first to talk about it. The, the the breakaway then for the second goal, but I mean that that goal, that second goal is just it's just so so good in every way. Everything about it, you, you know, you you think about precision, technique, um, time and a pass, vision, awareness. Trent's just unbelievable. He's that one for me was Trent has been on a steady. I've I felt in the second half against United in the league game uh, at Anfield that Trent was coming back. He was stepping forward and he was switching the ball to, to Robertson and he was getting that ping back into his passing. But that was the ultimate sign that he's back. I mean, it breaks to him. He pauses. He, he's not panicking. He takes his time. He just has that look around and then he zips it, you know, 40, 50 yards to Shakiri, who's, you know, I think we were all probably thinking, hold on to it. You can carry this ball. You know, we've got them here. It's, it's We've got a three on two. And the technique then, that ball, it's, it looks like he's had it too high, but it's not. It's absolutely perfect. And then, I mean, the best part of the goal is just the, the, the touches are just, it's just sublime. There's very, very few players um, in world football that take that ball with one foot and finish it with the other the way he does. It's, it's exceptional. But I think it was indicative of the way the game was going. We just felt like we had the swagger back it was like the group of players knew that the swagger was back and I thought as well the, the third goal you know you talk about off the bench Firmino huge in that goal Oxley chamberlain is huge in that goal so if you think about it 
every one of the substitutes is totally involved. They're totally switched on. Firmino plays it. Oxlade Chamberlain flicks a lovely wee back heel sort of flick. Um, and then he's just got the composure of Bobby. He's, he's in great form. Obviously, he's, he's been brilliant at Spurs. Puts it on the plate. And everything is there. All of a sudden, it's it's football, but football's a confidence game, and the confidence just came flooding back. And when you see the team in that mood, and, and I just think as well, there was if you even just watch the celebrations after the after the third goal. There's a shot from behind the goal where Trent's sort of coming jogging over, and you can just tell they've got that wee look in their eyes, like, yeah, this is us. This is us, you know, we're back doing what we do now. And it bodes well. It came in the nick of time. And it, it, we've now got a massive week ahead. We've just got to see it through and, and keep, keep it going. But, yeah, everything about it was perfect. The subs, the performance, the goals, really good. Yeah, 100%. Beryl, I think... I love all three goals for very different reasons. You know, the first goal is is Jones on the counter press. He wins it, and they're not set, and we exploit it ruthlessly. The second goal is is it like it's the archetypical Liverpool goal. It's defending a corner, and it's that header, that defensive header from a corner. I like when it's not headed the edge of the box, but it's kind of flicked away, and we counter and every decision is the right decision and every pass is executed to perfection and the finish is exquisite. And then the third goal, we just work them and work them and work them and work them. We win, I think Thiago wins the ball back and after that there's 34 passes before the ball's in the net. And that, again, what Chief was talking about earlier on, it's a situation where we're not tempted to sling the ball into the box because we feel like ourselves and we're confident with the ball and we pass it and we pass it and we pass it. And then we just exploit them through the middle with ingenuity, creativity, movement and people making the right decisions. And for me, for me, probably before Spurs would snatch at that and think have a chance for a goal here Um, because he shoots more than most players in the Premier League. But no, Bobby does what Bobby does because Bobby's feeling like Bobby. He gets his head up, he feigns to shoot, and he just plays Jimmy in for a simple tap in. And for me, that was the most encouraging part. Three very different goals, but all of them just typified what this Liverpool team can do to you. Yeah, it, it's it's sometimes it's it's difficult to add something to your to your question, um, which isn't a question. It uh, it's I, I totally agree. It's. Um, um, you know, you you don't score that second goal without the first goal. Not, not only for the uh, the obvious reasons that you need uh, first to score a second, but um, that when we score that first goal, and 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 this is the game changer. I think it's it, they had been defending uh, very well up until that point. They were you know blocking everything, and they were um, they were crowding uh, us out uh, in the box uh, just before the box uh, and 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 we, we didn't have uh, a lot of big chances in the first half um, and, and this wasn't a big chance as well but uh, but but as you said it was probably um, uh, something that was said to, to Curtis to 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 take them on and and he can do this he he, he is a, an able dribbler and he and he did so and 
you know, you always need luck to, to get these things, uh, to pull these things off. But uh, but then um, the ball uh, is delivered to Salah and, and in the midst of this very crowded penalty box, he, he manages to to create the space for himself and and, and execute um, his, you know, it, I think it's his signature goal. Um, it, it's it's not exactly the, the the Aryan Robin goal, but you know, but uh, again, there are some parallels, you know, coming in from the right, and but but this is closer, and and he he scores this goal um, from within the penalty box, and and he is being chased by Creswell as he had been um, uh, the 60 minutes before that, um, and and Creswell was defending him very very well, I think. Up until that point, and and then you you break the deadlock, and then they have to do something, and and I think uh, you know when you look at XG stats, you also you also need to uh, acknowledge for the, the the game state as they as they put it, but but you know if 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 the the game is still at nil nil, then then uh, uh, yeah, Burnley uh, don't have any motivation to to go forward and try to do something, and and then you don't have the space to create uh, XG uh, to put it like that. So uh, when they start uh, to to you know to come forward and to try um, to try score a goal and 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 they have their physicality and they have their 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 uh, aerial prowess so um, they had a a lot of uh, of, of corners um, and 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 when I saw these corners I I, I noticed that we had changed our our uh, defensive positioning that we that we have had for and you know with minor tweaks in between but we've had for from i think two seasons where the left back would uh, move to the right of the the penalty box and and the left and the right back would put uh, would move to the left which always you know if you have the ball then then you would always see uh, a, a robo on the right and 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 um, and trent on the on the left and they would switch um, when uh, when the when there was a dead ball or something like that um, but we had changed this uh, for for this game, or maybe this is something we are definitely changing, because um, uh, they stayed at their own uh, half, and and this is why uh, not Robo, but but what Trent got the ball uh, when we uh, got that, uh, you know, when we defended that corner. And then he could give. It's a really pass. good point, Beryl, because it's a, it's it's actually Robo that flicks the header at the front post. Yeah, I, I hadn't hadn't even noticed that, but uh, you know, it, it, I, I think um, the ball getting to to Trent in that position is 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 better than than getting it to to Robbo. But you know, there were obviously reasons to do it like they have done it for the last two years. But they've changed things up because we had a slump and and things weren't going well. And I think they weren't going well for 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 longer than these these last um, than the last run of games that we lost points in. So you know they obviously would have been working on on changing things up and 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 uh, trying to improve things, and they clearly have. And um, it it was glorious. And and you, you can see the development in 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 confidence. You can see the, the development in in what we um, uh, you know we we were this swashbuckling team in in uh, in, in 1718 and in 1819, uh, and then we became this very controlled machine-like team and won the uh, won the league and uh, uh and and yeah before that we won the, the champions league 
and and we needed to evolve. And I think uh, the the uh, the transfers of of, of Tiago and and Jota etc were and maybe even Minamino were um, to to uh, to guide this evolution. But you know for for, for obvious reasons that didn't um, uh, pan out as, as as planned probably. But that last goal is again if you don't score that second goal and and the confidence doesn't come back you don't try to uh, tap in. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you're absolutely right. Firmino would have tried to, to score that, and and like he did against uh, against Manchester United, I think, uh, with his left while Robbo was 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 storming on and would have been in a better position. And uh, that was a, a wrong decision, and this was the right decision. Uh, and and uh, you could see even in this game, you could see how our confidence was growing and how we were growing back to to be the team that we you know uh, that we are and and the, the qualities we have and. Yeah, th- this is a very, <laughs> very good timing. So um, let's let's uh, let's get Brighton out of the way, and then you know we'll see what what will happen in uh, in the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> let's get Brighton out of the way. Absolutely, uh, Chief. I, I just I just want to come to Salah because um, I've been thinking about Mo Salah. Mo Salah's been making me happy this last while, and you know if we. If we include, which I'm going to, the um, the goal disallowed uh, against Spurs for the ridiculous handball decision after Dar kind of almost like sexually assaulted Firmino, um, to, to force him into handball, and it, the quality of Salah's finishes has been absolutely immense. The goal again, the, the first goal against United, the, the little dink with the right foot over. Uh, De Gea is sublime. Um, he smashes one in the top corner against Spurs, and then those two goals, you know, they're, the, the finishes are unbelievable, particularly the second one. The goal I always used to associate Salah with was more so the, the, the second one against United, where I always thought of Salah as a scruffy finisher. He was, and I'll stand by this, he was a scruffy finisher um, because he was a winger and he was a flying winger. But I think sometimes we fail to recognise the evolution in his game because he's not the player that takes the ball on the halfway line and, you know, burns past someone and leaves them for dead and, and cuts inside and, and bends it into the far bottom corner. That's not really what he does anymore. He's, he is a lethal predator with every finish in the repertoire in his book. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think it's fair to say that from the YouTubes and stuff before he joined us, he he was sort of the scruffy finisher. He was the guy arriving to tap to smash in rebounds, and he was the guy arriving to actually score quite a few headers at the far post. Um, but I think he evolved pretty quickly. Uh, I think in the first season, in the forty-four goal season or whatever it was, I mean he scored every type of type of goal there is to score. Um, I think since then he's he's sort of been. Uh, I'm very well. I don't know. I'm very criticised. Whatever. From from my point of view, I don't think he gets the recognition that he deserves in the in the um, in the wider game in England because I think he's he's the best. He's the best player in the Premier League, and uh, I think there are too many that are sort of out to do him down in in some form or or another for for some reason or another. And I wouldn't 
profess to know what that is. But, um, you know, the goals yesterday are, are sublime. I mean, I want to say, you know, well, straight off the bat, I, I don't think West Ham did much wrong yesterday. I mean, I think um, I've heard a, a few pods and a few people saying that, uh, or and a few pundits saying that uh, they should have should have been more front foot, they should have been this, the Liverpool were there for the taking, yada, yada. I don't really believe that's true at all. I think, as we've discussed, I think Liverpool dominated the first half completely and we felt like it was a matter of time and, and you know, so approved. And taking a step back, you could you could look at it as the absolute consummate away performance by defending champions going up against a, an informed team, as I said, away from home, dominate the first half. If there were a crowd, the crowd would have been quietened and just take them apart in the second half, tire them out and, and destroy them last half an hour, which is which is what we did. And Salah was, you know, when when you are a top team, you've got players who can do that. As I said, West Ham didn't do much wrong. And there you go, Mo Salah's bent one in the top corner and you're 1-0 down. You know, eat that. And then what, you know, the second goal, nobody can stop. It's a West Ham corner. And, you know, as we said, Robbo gets that flick out header and Trent takes one touch, two touches, looks up, perfect ball. Shakiri plays a sensational pass, and, and Salah, great touch with the right foot, sublime finish with the left. Um, so, Chief, I just want to say on this, Shakiri plays a pass which is is right on the Salah's foot, which is fair, but that is, you know, it's not ideal. Ideally, what he wants is he wants that on the floor, bent around the defender. But I think there's there's a bit of that. It's dropping, but, it, like it it dropped it it drops out of the sky. It's, but it's, it's very very strange. Pass. It's the kind of because of because it drops like that because it hits the ground. You know, Jordan Shakiri is a fabulous player, and I don't think for one minute he didn't. You know, in the in the microscopic millisecond that it takes for footballers to compute this stuff, top level footballers. I have no doubt that he computed this is going to land right where Salah needs it. A hundred percent. It's just the, the touch that he takes with his right foot is, is so absolutely good. unreal. So good. But it's the kind of, do you know, the ball drops just at the right point so he can actually not kill it, but bounce it off the ground and then finish it with the left. Do you know what I mean? It's it's, it's nearly all in one movement. It's 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 absolutely. So it, I mean, it reminded me of the the. Jose Enrique pass to, to Suarez and the Suarez touch the goal against Newcastle. That's, that's the one he takes on his shoulder. Yeah, and it's the only, it's not exactly like it or anything, but it's the only one that instantly sprung to mind whenever whenever you think of a goal like that. Just the the touch and the and the and the absolute wherewithal, the, the sublime. Like it's like crouching tiger, hidden dragon moments where like time stops and Salah's left foot comes and he just pushes it. Pushes it perfectly past the on-rushing keeper. It's absolutely glorious. You you can't. Uh, I mean, that's what why we love this Liverpool team. That's what got us out of our seats and gets us out of our seats and has us singing and chanting and going nuts for them. And that's why they're up there with the best Liverpool team ever because they can score goals like that. And you know they did yesterday. It, it's a fabulous performance. And you know, a couple of months ago. Probably not even a couple of months ago, I don't know. But whenever whenever we beat Palace by an absolute country mile and we were predicting 
us to be 10 points clear by the end of January. Well, that didn't happen. We've had a slump. And luckily, it looks like we've we've arrested that. And if Mo Salah continues at the rate that he's going, he'll have 30 league goals again by the end of the season. He'll, he'll, he'll win the, the golden boot, or, or 25 at least. And he may, if we go on the Champions League as well, he, he may even break the, the 40 again. So, so let's see. But... Salah in that form, uh, you know, no one's no one's stopping that. As a, you know, just to go back to it, West Ham aren't doing anything wrong there, and you know, Salah with that with that finish, just the first one, it's just brilliant. It just arrows right in the corner. The second one will, will rightly get all the all the attention because it's 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 fabulous. But the first finish is lethal, absolutely lethal. Pick it out, <laughs> see you. And uh, yeah, more of that the better. And you know, he's he should start to get more more praise and more um, more more respect from the wider press in Britain. And if he did, maybe he'd get a few more decisions and wouldn't have to be wrestled in every game. Yeah, and the fact that he's doing what he's doing <laughs> with the treatment that he gets just makes it all the more impressive. So, from the front end of the pitch to the back end of the pitch, Johnny. Um, every Liverpool's every Liverpool fan's dream has come true, but not maybe quite in the way that they expected it to. Um, we have signed two centre halves. Let's let's start first and foremost with um, Ben Davies, who plays for Preston. Is twenty five, um, left sided centre half, and. It's two million pounds. He was supposedly on his way to Celtic, so I'm not sure how, how I feel about that. Given that was his <laughs> prior destination, you know, it's 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 if you're going up to Scotland, well, you know, it's it's an it's an odd signing, I think. Given maybe it's not an odd signing, but it's an it's an unusual signing given where Premier League's Premier League teams tend to tend to pluck um, gen- players in general from, but but certainly certainly centre backs. Yeah, it is. Although I do I do recall a certain Virgil Van Dijk going to Celtic, and he turned out to be alright. So that's uh, <laughs> absolutely fair. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It's 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 unusual. It's and. Klopp's been very interested on it because it's one of these ones where his name got mentioned and then it all of a sudden it goes from a player that no one's really thought about or maybe some people watch the championship avidly. I, My father <laughs> supports Leeds, so I'd have been watching the championship probably more last season out of interest. Um, didn't know a lot about him. But it's interesting that Klopp's spoken about him today and talked about, you know, there's a lot of things he's seen in him that he's really excited by. and. There's been a number of segments, you know, on other podcasts like the Anfield Rap and some of the Preston supporters, uh, you know, their podcasts and things have been talking about him. And they really think that this guy's a player and that he's run down his contract. And their their consensus seems to be he's an absolute snip. He should be probably a 10 million pound defender. Apparently good on the ball, calm, reads the game really well. He's six foot one. He's not huge, but pretty pretty quick as well over the ground, sees danger early. So yeah, listen, it's 
It's um, an unusual one. It definitely, you, you rarely see top-tier English clubs going to the championship, but he's at the age where he can improve, certainly, as a, as a centre-back. And he can play left side. He's left-footed. We don't, we don't have that. And he, he's, he's someone there that can come in and buy, you know, going by what I've read, he's, he's probably going to be better than, than Reese Williams and, and Nat Phillips. So yeah, it's an interesting one. Listen, um, one thing I've learned with, with, with Edwards is, you know, they generally know what they're doing when they go in for a player. Apparently Liverpool have been watching them for a while. Um, I, I don't look at a, at a team so much um, that they come from. It's like Robertson came from Hull. They're a relegated team. Um, you know, you can get players coming from relegated, from a team that's not in the, in the Premier League and they can do a job. And yeah, it's... He seems like he'd be decent. I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him play, but it is by 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 conventional Liverpool standards and the markets we normally now think about ourselves. Um, it's it's an unusual one, but but there we have it. Yeah, I think it's. I, I like I like these sort of sounds. Um, it, it would just be a, a really nice story that if just some random. 25-year-old bloke in the middle of his career was to come from a mid-table championship side to the league champions, um, six-time European champions, and just forge a really good career out for himself. And those are the sorts of things that those are the sorts of things that get me out of bed in the morning. You know, those things excite me. Those things put a smile on my face. Um, I think Dave, there's an important thing as well. Just as we're recording this, it's like 20 past 10 in the evening. There's an interesting bit of context as you move on to the, the second. Um, Fabinho has been ruled out for the rest of the season with ankle ligaments. So that probably explains why we've gone two and maybe even tried for a third. So I just thought I would throw that into the mix before we get on to Quebec, <laughs> which is very interesting. Fabinho has? Yeah. Klopp's confirmed it's on the official site. He's... Um, He's confirmed he's set to miss the rest of the season. Ankle ligament injury. Yep. There we go. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So I'm, this is like, I'm, I'm sure you mean Joel Matip, right? Yeah, Joel Matip. Matip or Fabinho? Matip. Sorry, Matip. Was I saying Fabinho? Oh. Sorry. Thank uh, Okay, well, Fab- Matip's also bad, but, but Fabinho would have been heartbreaking. <laughs> no, sorry, yeah. sorry. Uh, uh, I'm talking about Matip. Yeah. Matip's been... Johnny. That probably explains why we're going for... <laughs> Sorry about that. Collective hard fit. <laughs> right. Okay. So, Joel Matip's been ruled out for, for the rest of the season. Um, Beryl, and that certainly changes things. Um, the other sign in there is... is is it Ozan Tabak? <laughs> I'm not even sure I know his name. Ozan yeah, Tabak, is that Ozan, correct? Yeah. O- yeah, Ozan. Okay. O- Ozan means uh, something like poet. Oh, very, very, very nice. But however, I did hear from from our other other Turkish speaking friend that his, his second name means zucchini. 
but well, and that's also which is yeah. which is courgette to me and you, like <laughs> yeah, which is courgette to everybody else, yeah. yeah so interesting, so poet, so, poet courgette, poet courgette, very right. It sounds like a terrible new wave album name or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, they're all. I, I, I think I think the rest of us um, can certainly profess to not know a lot about this guy. He has been. Um, a name that has cropped up more than once over the last few transfer windows. Um, Shaka paid a fair chunk of change for him, around about fifteen million pounds, I think, um, or twenty million, twenty million euros, maybe. Um, and he comes with he comes with a huge reputation from probably before he went to Shaka, but is playing in one of the worst sides to ever grace the Bundesliga. So. For, I think for a lot of us, that makes it really difficult to assess what we're getting. Um, it's a it's a small loan fee with an option rather than an obligation to buy for eighteen million pounds at the at the end of the season. So, um, given your your spectating of the Turkish national team, you know what can you tell us about him that we might not know? Um, well, you know, I, I, I've I've seen him. Um um, make his debut for Galatasaray, uh, which is another team that I, you know, follow loosely. I, 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 I was a fan in, in my younger years, but you know, I've, my my love has has been uh, has been um, waiting for, for for a bit now. But I, I've seen him, uh, I, I've seen him make his debut, and and he was uh, uh, he was very young when he made his debut, and he is still very young. He's now uh, still. 20 years old. He will become 21 uh, in on the 25th of March. Uh, I've, I've just looked it up in on, on Wikipedia, of course. But um, um, what what um, what what made him such a talent was that he has certain attributes that that are uh, you know very uh, useful for a for a for a defender. He's um, he's very strong and he's very quick and uh, he has a uh, he has a bit of aggression to him. Uh, a, a bit too much aggression sometimes. So you know, if we look at his weak spots immediately, then uh, I think he's he's a bit he can be a bit rash, and and you know um, he's 20 years old. When I remember what sort of stupid things I did when I was 20, it's uh, I think he's a he's a lot smarter than I was at that time. Um, so um, uh, I, I've, I've seen him at Galatasaray. I've seen him uh, at uh, in, in the Turkish national team, for which he has made his debut also at a very young age, and he's playing um, um, normally as a, as a uh, as a right back, and, and that's probably because um, Turkey has an has has uh, has a lots of good central uh, centre backs. Um, and you know, but 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 he can he can play at at right back as well. But uh, he uh, he is I think he he prefers to play at centre back and uh, and uh, it's it's not it's not an uncommon path of course for you for young defenders to who will become centre backs to to start out as a, as a as a fullback. Um, again, he's he's quick, he's he's strong, um, he's uh, reasonably tall. Um, 1.86 meters, which means six feet one, I think, <laughs> something like that. So he, he isn't very tall, but he, he can he can head a ball. If I looked at the statistics, and uh, he's he's a very good uh, he, he wins lots of of, of headers. 
and w- which has a lot to do with with uh, uh, more than with uh, you know uh, being tall is is certainly helpful to to uh, for winning uh, headers but uh, as as anyone who who sees uh, who sees Tiago Alcantara um, um, win lots of headers can can see is that you know it, it's not everything and I think he has a very good technique uh, um, and yeah I, I think we see him as a as someone who has the raw attributes who who could become a very good defender um, but you know has to mature and and. I think it's a very good deal to to have him on loan first, so we can get to get to know him, try him before we buy him. Uh, to put it that way, um, I, I, I'm I'm very excited. I have to say, he 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 has again all these attributes. I, I think who that would, could make him stand out in 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 a very physical league such as the uh, the Premier League. Um, and yeah. Uh, we don't have any defenders anymore, so uh, we needed bodies, and I think this is uh, this is someone who could uh, who could become um, a, a very interesting defender in years to come. Yeah, it's that that news kind of changes everything, doesn't it? Um, I think there's lots of names that have been thrown around today. Um, don't ask me to say them or pronounce them but there was the boy from Karos or something like that from Braga was mentioned there was um, a fellow from Marseille the, the Croatian defender and it just makes me wonder this is all a little bit a little bit bargain basement and I get that given the money that's been thrown about recently is minimal to say the very least given the money that is in that is in and has been in football and you know it's all about last ditch as well and it just makes you wonder um could we not have done if we're doing two because Manip is injured could we not have thought about doing one a month ago yeah i'm sure we could have but um as you said, nobody's doing any business. So had Matip <clears throat> passed the sort of test and, and and managed to stay fit through January, who knows? Maybe we wouldn't have done any. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. On the other hand, were we always planning to wait to the end of the window because we knew that clubs were going to be in this position and that nobody was going to be doing business and we might be able to move on our targets and get what we wanted. I mean, we've got two centre-backs here. We've paid nothing, basically, a, a million or something we've paid for the two of them up front. Um, so I don't know. Neither neither does anyone. And I suppose we can just draw our own conclusions. Either, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll look at it. Some people will look at it the very worst. Other people will say the club knew what they were doing the whole time, and the truth is probably somewhere, somewhere in the middle. Um, what is definite is that we've got the two; they've both been confirmed. It's official. Quebec and Davies are, are are officially announced, so we have the numbers now, finally, and we may see Jordan Henderson. And thankfully, Fabinho. <laughs> who's not injured for the rest of the season. Um, back in midfield at some point this season, who knows? Probably Fabinho's, 
you know, centre back for the rest of the season. But Hendo at least may feature again in the midfield. Um, and whatever, as was mentioned earlier, it's a massive boost. Both of them are going to be interesting for me because I've seen nothing of Ben Davis and very little of Quebec. And what I have seen of him has been in a dreadful Schalke team, as as has been referenced. So I'm going to be um, I'm going to be interested to see how they get on. But at least certainly in Quebec's case, because we've known about it. There's been interest there, and there's been interest there from a lot of big clubs. Bayern Munich heavily scouted him, and uh, and others too. So, um, you know that that seems that it's something we've brought forward, or maybe something we weren't a hundred percent sure on, but but were interested. And in, you know, we've we've basically it's a no lose gamble, like six months and and no obligation to buy. Um, ben Davis is, you know, at, at most he's going to cost I think one point six mil. Um, by all accounts, a, a, a top in inverted commas ball playing centre half. So, so we'll see. It, it, it's also interesting. The attributes seem to be slightly differing, which means hopefully complementary. Davis is um, sort of uh, spoken about and, and talked highly of for his kind of composure on the ball and and ability on the ball. Um, Ability to bring the ball out of defence and pick passes and and so on, whereas Quebec is being referenced here and reading as as the Turkish wall, um, very much a front foot defender, very much uh, wins a lot of aerial duels, wins a lot of ground duels, so um, perhaps complementary there and and shows a bit of thinking. I would I would venture in uh, in in Liverpool's um, approach today, even though it does look pretty scattergun um not scattergun perhaps not the right word but does look look pretty last minute um yeah as to how much that is uh, as i said we, we don't 100 percent know but um at least the work seems to have been done yeah it's um it's done and they're in and that's great um but i think johnny that the marit news i think all but confirms that uh, we're going to see at least one of these guys a lot more than we did, than we did, than we initially thought we might. And I think the other thing that we can now put pay to, which a lot of people have been talking about, is getting Fabinho back in the midfield. You wouldn't expect to see him play anywhere but centre back from now until until the end of the season. Yeah, possibly. I mean, possibly it, it would be a real leap of faith, wouldn't it, to put to put the two of them in in a couple of weeks' time and 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 be brave enough to do that, um, but it does confirm, and I mean it's 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 probably it's very telling that Liverpool haven't shown their hand. Um, they've come out and announced that you know Maddox going to miss the rest of the season after ten o'clock. <laughs> We've got uh, come back, so I think there was a bit of maybe kidology there. They probably knew it was bad. Um, do you think we were looking for three? I do. Uh, yeah, I really do. I mean, wh- when I heard we were looking for three, because apparently the guy from Marseille, um, apparently there was real interest in him, but they couldn't agree. And I think Marseille are in the middle of a bit of a a, a takeover um, at the moment, or there's or there's a there's a takeover being mooted there. So I think we were in for three for that reason, because obviously now we're not bringing in two extra bodies, we're really bringing in one extra body. 
because Matip's gone. So I think thinking about it logically from what from what Klopp, his initial comments about them has said, I think Quebec will be the one who'd be seen as, you know, highly rated international, Bundesliga, player we've looked at for a while. Um, I, I think it's quite likely you'll see him be batted in alongside Fabinho. I mean, the Davies one's interesting because it depends how he does. I mean, if he really if he looks good in training and he really impresses, um, is there a chance that against some of the teams, Klopp could go, well, do you know what? I think he'd be fine, especially if we've got Thiago and, and Matip and Henderson in midfield doing the work and protecting and keeping the ball. Um, so it's it's going to be very interesting. I mean, the, the, let's not kid ourselves here. The, the, the Matip blow is a big, big blow that that's happened because, you know, he is the one established senior centre-back that was part of the Champions League winning team. You know, he, he was the one specialist proven top drawer Premier League centre-back that we had. I think it's absolutely crazy that all three of our first choice senior centre-backs are now out for the season. And it's the 1st of February. We've It's been unbelievably bad luck in there. Um you know, with those injuries, absolutely unbelievable. But so that's taking a little bit of the sheen off getting those, you know, getting the two guys in. But um, you know, we've got to get on with it now. And I think you're right. I think logic would say that Fabinho, you're not going to see him in midfield until next season. I think that's the way you'd have to see that Quebec will be the player that they'll try to to blood and get in there now and build up a bit of a park. Yeah. Um, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Um, we'd all love Fabinho back in the midfield barrel, but it, th- that doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, so, with that in mind, we move to Brighton Wednesday night, and it's you know Brighton are a funny side. They I think they play a lot of good football. Um, I think they move the ball well. Uh, we found it fairly difficult against them. They created chances against us um, when we played played against them at uh, the Amex or whatever it's called. And they have a good win against, albeit a fairly beleaguered, Harry Kane-less Spurs side. But this team, actually, I don't think are far away from being a mid-table side. Um, I heard a statistic today that their, their XG is, is seventh. Um, in the Premier League so I think what a lot of people have been saying about them that they really do just need somebody to stick the ball and that's probably true and that was borne out quite obviously by Aaron Connolly's literally open net miss he managed to hit Toby Alderweireld on the line um, from five yards out so I don't think that this is going to be necessarily the easiest game to play however the other school of thought is that they'll come out and, and they'll try and tramp play through us and that might give us the opportunity to exploit them. I, I would favor the the second hypothesis. I, I hope think, I will. Yeah. yeah, I think we're all hoping that, aren't we? <laughs> oh, yeah, um, but not only am I hoping it, I, I, I think it's it's more likely to happen. Um, and yeah, We have struggled against teams like West Brom and Burnley and uh, uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's unfair to, to put uh, Southampton in the same basket, but you know, when they scored against us in in 
what was it, the third, the fourth minute, they uh, uh, they, they started defending uh, as well and 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 wasting time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So and 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 this is um, the, the the type of um, defense, the, the the type of strategy tactics that that we have uh, struggled to deal with uh, in 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 our latest bad run, but. Um, you know, as we all concluded, that that's behind us now, <laughs> and now we have uh, uh, defenders again. Because you know, I I, I love Joao Matip. He is um, not only as a defender, he is the calmness, the uh, the the uh, uh, you know giraffe on, on ice skates uh, type of um, you know how, how he moves. I, I, I love everything about him, but it, he, he didn't feature much, so we will miss him, but uh, more in in spirit than you know actually on, on the pitch. So it, it would be very nice to have some defenders um, in actually playing and being available. Um, but uh, if if uh, Brighton try to match us and try to uh, play football okay it's 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 going to be a good game then and uh, and i think we have better players on, on all 11 positions so uh, i would fancy us i i think um, you know but there are of course other absences uh, i i don't think we will see money back again um even if he is fit i mean i i reckon he will be um, he will be saved for, for, for Manchester City in the weekend. Um, and, you know, um, Minamino is uh, is gone. He, he's gone to Southampton, I, I just read. Um, Jota isn't back yet. But then again, I, I didn't think, you know, Origi wasn't very good uh, against West Ham. But he, was, he, he wasn't as bad as he has been in the, in the last uh, one and a half years. He was he was useful. He, he he did things that that were you know useful for a team. So you know he he could uh, again um, be involved. Um, Shakiri played really well, I think. So I wouldn't even be worried if we played the same uh, uh, front three again. But I, I I don't think we will. I think uh, Firmino had his rest and he will uh, have more minutes at least. And maybe Salah would, will be rested for a couple of minutes, uh, although he doesn't like to be rested. Um, uh, uh, you know, Brighton are a good team, um, and, and they don't deserve to be. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he's really good in some games, and, and he's been touted as a, as a Gini Van Aldum uh, replacement. Although I think Gini Van Aldum has been key for us in the last two games. Um, uh, in our group chat, uh, uh, Jay, and let's give him credit, uh, 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 you know, proposed the idea or touted the idea that uh, that Thiago could play uh, more, uh, you know, in, in a ten position, uh, um, and uh, Genie could could play in the sixth position as a defensive midfielder, and uh, and, I, and I said, no, well. Uh, that's not what what Thiago uh, has been playing the last few years, and he was he was at his very best uh, playing at Bayern, um, uh, you know, in, in the defensive midfielder position. But uh, actually, what Jay said happened, and I think that's that's one of the keys for our um, for our um, finding our form back again. So um, I think. Um, you know, with a bit of a segue, I think they have uh, lots of good players. 
I think they have a, a good manager who knows what he's doing, who knows how, how he wants to play, but I don't think they stand a chance if we play like we can play. But um, uh, let's hope that, you know, this is not just a, just a, um, uh, a sudden insur- uh, resurgence, but, you know, that, that we can do what we have been done, uh, been doing for, for the last two seasons and win a, um, um, lots of lots of games in sequence. So um, I, I, I think we uh, we will win. <laughs> That's my prediction. Well, fingers crossed, Chief. You watch the game um, against Spurs on Sunday um, last season at Anfield. I think it's two nil win with two Van Dyke headers and two corners. Um, and this is this is the team that well this is the sort of side that this season we found it difficult against and our record against the team the bottom six the teams in the bottom six is poor um, so you know I think people look at the look at the league table um, and think that this should be pretty straightforward and the bookies will probably say that too but do you imagine it to be as straightforward as that or do you think as I do we're, we're going to have to really really work for this. Well, I don't think I don't think these days games against Brighton are ever that straightforward. But I do fancy it's the win. I, th- I just think we've, we're back. I think we're never mind being back. I think we're we're on it for the first time this season. If, if I'm being honest, um, we we we've been sort of hot and cold since since lockdown. Um, coming back after lockdown and for me I mean I, I hope I'm not jumping the gun but basically it seems that you know it's gotten to the point on a number of things performances uh, perhaps tactics certainly with the signings we've just talked about where, where it's sort of reached breaking point in a way for want of a better phrase um, and crunch time and either you're back or you're not. Either either you either you're you're Liverpool or you're not. So you win this game. Um and if you don't then you know, then what's the point? Essentially, uh, you've got to be Brighton at home. And we should. I don't think it'll be easy. I do think we'll we'll beat them. I do think we'll be confident. Um and I just think Brighton We'll probably have scares, absolutely. They'll create a few chances, um, but they're they're not great in front of the goal. I think that's fair to say. They they don't score a lot of goals. And Mo Salah loves a goal or two against Brighton. And with the form he's in, I'd expect him to play and I'd expect him to score. Um Yeah, I think I think we'll win the game. I think we as I said, I think we have to win the game. Um there are no City are the, are the big are the big rival this season, as they have been for the last couple, and we're four points behind them. They have a game in hand. We play them on Sunday. We can't go into that game having dropped more points. So it is what it is. We uh, we need a performance, and we'll find one. I'm sure. Okay, I mean, I have yeah. every confidence that that's not a bit downbeat there in the end, but I have every confidence we will beat them. Like uh, I just think though. We have to, so. Okay, yeah, that's the Liverpool team. That, that's the Liverpool that I want to see is the team that goes out there and knows they have to win, so they do. Johnny, so what team do you 
What team do you predict? We'll see. Um, give me a lineup. I think you'll see an, an unchanged back four. Um, I think that'll be that'll be the same. I expect Curtis Jones to come in for for Milner, um, just because it's it, it, it's a home game. I, I think he'll he'll let the others um, play as they were. Um, I think uh, the front three is interesting, but I'd be inclined to think that. Bobby got his rest. I think you could see Shakiri. You know, I think you could see Shakiri, Firmino, and, and and Salah, assuming Manny's still not right. I'm assuming they're going to play sort of softly, softly with Fabinho and Manny, obviously with one eye on on the City game. So I, I think that'll be it. I think Jones and Firmino. Will come in. Um, that, that that's that's what I think. I mean, there's not a lot of options in that midfield, really. I can't see them starting Milner four games in a row. Obviously, Minamino is gone, <laughs> uh, as Burrell said. So he's he's gone to Southampton, which is very interesting. Um, so that you know, the, there there is nothing, especially the fact that Kate is obviously not around by all accounts. He's been taken out. They're they're working on him to try and get him right. Um, a longer term thing. Um, so that you you know you don't you don't really have much that you can do in there, given that Hendo is going to be needed at the back and Fabinho's not right. Um, so that that's what I'm expecting to see. Goes without saying. I think we'll win. I think they Brighton were impressive against Spurs. Thought they played very well um, against a, a very very lackluster Spurs that looked shot of confidence. They were awful against us. They were similarly awful. Um, so Brighton are neat and tidy, but to be honest, I think they're good opponents for us in the lead up to the City game because uh, I think they're a nice team. They'll, they'll get the ball down and play. They don't tend to go too direct, but it's a game we should be able to manage through, get the three points, and then all set up then for uh, you know the, the big, big clash at the weekend, which will set the tone really for the last the second half of the season, especially if we win it. So that's what I think will happen. Okay, so a game a game we have to win. Um which will be true for the next one and the one after that and the one after that. Um it's almost like the start of the season now for us and if we can string some results together then who knows where we end up end up. So until after Brighton um, thanks for joining me lads up the Fabinho's definitely not injured Reds 